If you all can make your way back to your seats, we're going to get started. And if you could open up your Bibles or your phones to the Gospel of John. John chapter 3 is going to be our passage of Scripture this Resurrection Sunday morning. John chapter 3. We're going to begin reading in verse 16 through verses 21. So let's begin reading in John chapter 3, beginning in verse 16 together. Let's read. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. And let's read verse 36 as well. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Uh, the title of the message this morning is the title of the song that we sung during worship and that we'll sing at the end. Oh, happy day. Let's pray together. Oh, almighty God, thank you so much for this beautiful Resurrection Sunday morning. And thank you so much for your word of truth. Thank you for the gospel of grace. And I pray Holy Spirit, that you would move in our hearts and cause faith in you, Jesus, to, to come alive. Maybe in the hearts of some who have not yet believed in you. I pray that faith would come alive in their hearts and that they would be born again for the very first time. And also, Lord, for those who have believed, I pray for great love for Christ to deepen and abound more and more as we gather here together to hear your word. Thank you so much for the children who led us to you this morning through their singing. We praise you for them. And we're so grateful for the blessing they are in our lives. Bless them as they go forward into their lives and use them greatly for your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I think uh, I love that. Uh, I love the one little girl who had the purple bunny ears man i gotta get me one of those i mean i I was just thinking of how cool it would be to have a pair of those and thank you so much for wearing them uh well this morning as we uh turn our attention to the word of god we're going to look at two points this morning from the passage the first is remembering god's love remembering god's love 
And then secondly, we're going to look at responding to God's love. Responding to God's love. So firstly, let's look at remembering God's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You know, some problems can be funny problems. Um, and some problems can be very serious, but some problems can be funny problems. And I have a funny problem. It's called a snarfing problem. Uh, if I'm eating food around friends that are making me laugh, look out. Because if I have food in my mouth when someone tells the funniest part of a joke, uh, that's a bad combination for me. And if they are across the table from me, it's also a bad combination for them. <laughs> I have this friend named uh, Dan Farron, who I first met back at Westchester University where I went to college. And uh, we were reaching out to Dan because he wasn't yet a Christian and we were seeking to tell him about Jesus and we're becoming friends with him. And so when we were reaching out to him, we invited him uh, to a meal at our cafeteria hall down by the, uh, at the calf. And he was sitting across the table from me at the college cafeteria uh, with a group of my friends when my roommate said the punchline to a joke just as I took in a full mouthful of orange jello. Now, my other friends knew to clear the table and duck because I had this brief second where I know that it's going to happen and I kind of react slowly. And my friends who knew me just had the split second to be able to get out of the way in time. But Dan, who I had just met, did not know about the sign. And so I tried to stop it, but I snarfed. And orange jello went all over my new friend Dan's face. And I thought to myself, this is it. We might lose this guy for Jesus all because I'm a freak and can't hold my jello. And I said, as the jello was sprayed all over his face, I said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I think if I ever write a book, the title of it's going to be called, Oh My Gosh, I'm So Sorry. Because unfortunately, I've got so many stories like this in my life, those of you who know me. And I'm looking forward to becoming friends with you more to be able to tell you these stories. But Dan said, picking the jello off of his face. That's okay. I like jello. <laughs> Now, I don't want to hold you in suspense. Dan ended up believing in Jesus <laughs> as his Lord and Savior and is still following Christ to this day. Now, not because of the jello, of course, but because he was blown away by God's love for him in sending Jesus to die on the cross for his sins. This snarfing problem also played out on my first date with my wife, Shannon, who's standing in the back. I really impressed her by taking her not to some great fancy restaurant, 
But uh, once again, to our college cafeteria, <laughs> rah, rah for me. She happened to be there for the orange jello incident and unfortunately came to understand how Dan felt in just a few moments. As she was getting her food, my wife Shannon got lima beans. And so I got lima beans thinking I would maybe impress her that I thought to myself, if she's eating lima beans, that must mean she kind of eats healthy. And so maybe if I kind of eat healthy as well, that'll kind of uh, make her think, oh, this guy eats healthy. That's good. I don't think I ever ate a lima bean in my life until that moment. (laughs) But not long after we sat down, I took a lima bean in my mouth, and then Shannon said something really funny. And I went like this. (laughs) And the lima bean shot out of my mouth like a bullet across the table and hit her on the head, and then it landed down on her lima beans. (laughs) Any guy here who's going to take a girl out on a date in the future, listen, you can't mess it up any worse than I messed it up. And I thought to myself, this is it. And then Shannon laughed and didn't get up and walk away from our first date saying, what a freak. And I thought, she's the one. (laughs) Some problems are funny problems about our lives, but there's other problems that really aren't funny at all. Uh, And the greatest problem each one of us has is our sin problem, which the Bible talks about and which has been mentioned by many already this morning and also sung about by the children as they gave us hope in Jesus. We're going to get to hope in Jesus, but first we need to look at, in order to understand God's love, we need to understand what sin is. In Romans 3, 23, The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. So sin is rebellion against God and his law. And whenever we do something to transgress that law, we sin against God. And sinning against God is a serious thing because the wages of sin is death. And it's not just physical death, but spiritual death as well. The Bible talks about how our sin has separated us from God and has earned God's just judgment. If nothing was ever done to remedy these problems, each of us after we died, dear friend, would have been sent to hell to receive God's just punishment for sin, the wages of sin, because God is holy. And he must punish sin. Now God is holy. And God is also amazingly love. And he did an amazing thing which we read about here in the gospel of John. He sent his only son to die on the cross for sinners. Look with me in John 3.16 again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. God the Father gave His only Son, and 
anyone who repents of their sins and trusts in Jesus Christ the Son can be and will be forgiven of all their sins. Now, more on our response to God's love in just a moment, but let us ponder for a second that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. In order for us to be forgiven of our sin, a perfect sacrifice needed to be made. So God gave his only son, Jesus, in order to make that sacrifice. But in order for the sacrifice to be acceptable, it had to be a perfect, spotless lamb. So Jesus took on flesh and blood and became a man. He was born of the Virgin Mary and then lived a perfectly obedient life and obeyed God's commands perfectly, becoming the the spotless lamb, the pure spotless lamb that was needed as a sacrifice for sin. In fact, Jesus Christ's perfect obedience, what's amazing about it, and maybe you haven't thought about this before because we tend to think of Jesus shedding his blood and forgiving us of our sins, but what we don't often think about is not only did we have a sin problem, but we had a lack of righteousness problem. The only way we can stand before a holy God on the day of judgment is if we are perfectly holy, perfectly pure, and perfectly righteous. And friends, I confess to you that I'm not, but the good news is, is that God sent his son, Jesus, who did obey perfectly, who was perfectly righteous. And Jesus, when he died on the cross and rose from the dead, God, the father says, when we believe in Jesus, his son, I am going to credit my son, Jesus's perfect righteousness and perfect obedience to your account, and justify the ungodly. If we believe, not only will our sins be forgiven, but the righteousness that we lack to stand before God on the day of judgment and to enter into heaven will be supplied to us as a free gift of grace. Isn't that amazing? Good news. But we also know that blood needed to be shed in order for atonement to be made for the wrongs that we have done. And the good news, friends, is that Jesus willingly was, as the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, he was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. And when Jesus was pierced for our transgressions, for our sins, his blood flowed down. And his blood when we trust in Jesus Christ, the son and repent of our sins can make, and this is such good news can make the dirtiest of sinners all clean. Jesus's blood, no matter what you have done, friend, no matter how far you have fallen away from God, Jesus's blood, I've got good news for you. Can, as the hymn says, can make the foulest clean. And the reason I know that is because I count myself the foulest and Jesus has made me clean. God, the father was willing to accept the death of a substitute. The death of a substitute in the place of guilty sinners. And Jesus died on the cross as a substitute. And any sinner who trusts in him can be saved from God's just punishment 
that their sins deserve. If you believe in Jesus, what God the Father did for you was in love. He took all your sin and placed it upon his only son, Jesus. And Jesus willingly took it on himself because he loves you as well as the Father. And then listen to this, my friend. Then for three agonizing hours on the cross, Jesus received in his own body the wrath of God for our sins. Jesus absorbs the punishment your sins and mine deserve. Jesus takes the full heat of God's wrath that you and I would have experienced throughout all of eternity in hell. And he saves us from that wrath. He saves us from that punishment. Have you ever heard somebody say or ask you, are you saved? What is saved from what? Being saved means by believing in Jesus, you and I, who are sinners, deserving of God's wrath in hell forever, can be saved from that wrath by believing in Jesus Christ, God's loving gift of His Son. You can be saved from God's wrath today. You can be saved from God's just punishment of your sin that your sin and my sin deserves. You can be cleansed by Christ's blood. Do you ever feel dirty as you think about your life and the things that you've thought and the things you've said and things that you've done? Listen, if if that is you, you're in good company because all of us here at Christ Community relate to that feeling of being unclean and dirty in our sin, but you can be made clean by trusting in the blood of Christ and only the blood of Christ can make us clean can be the means of atoning for all the wrongs that we have done. And we can also, when we believe, we are born again, the Bible says, which is better than a fresh start. Being born again means that you are redeemed and all the wrongs that you have done have not only been forgiven, but have been so perfectly cleansed, and you are now born again to a living hope, the Bible says, that can never be taken away from you. And it's actually kept in heaven for you, awaiting the day when you'll see Jesus, your Savior, face to face. And it's all because on this happy day, which we call Good Friday, a couple of days ago, God's love for the world was displayed by giving the life of his very own son. But my friends, what was good Friday for us was forsaken Friday for Jesus. Do you know that he cried out in agony on the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That cry from Jesus in agony on the cross represented the greatest of Jesus' agonies when he was dying. Oh, the physical suffering was horrible. But my friend, it was the spiritual agonies that he was enduring in that moment when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was being forsaken by God the Father when he was taking your sin and mine upon himself on the cross and dying as our substitute 
in order for God to fully pour out his righteous wrath on Jesus and save us from it, Jesus needed to be forsaken by God the Father himself, the one who loved him most, and the one Jesus loved him most. They were in that moment cut off. So great was God the Father's love that He sent His Son to do that for you. And Jesus, so great is His love for you that He willingly underwent that suffering so that if you repent and believe, you can be forgiven like I've been forgiven. So it's Good Friday for us who believe, but let us never forget that it was Forsaken Friday for Jesus. It was the most horrible Friday that ever was lived through by any man or any woman. Flesh and blood had never endured such suffering like Good Friday for Jesus and will never suffer like that again. That horrible forsaken Friday for Jesus purchased for us a Good Friday where we remember what he's done. And can sing that he's forgiven me. Oh, happy day. He's washed my sins away. We can sing that with certainty because Jesus for certain was forsaken on Good Friday. It meant in that moment that Jesus was our sin bearer. He was our curse bearer. And he was forsaken by God the Father himself. He was cursed by God in that moment. Not for his own sins. He was receiving the curse that our sins deserve when he died on that cross. He was cut off from God because of my sin and yours. The things that we have done to break his law. One Christian named John Stott said this, and listen carefully. Before we see the cross as something done for us, we need to remember the cross as something done by us. My friend, have you pondered lately? Have you pondered your personal responsibility for the death and the sufferings of Jesus Christ? Have I? I want to submit to all of us that before we can worship the Lord truly as He deserves to be worshipped and praise God for the magnitude of His great love, we need to first understand that I'm the one who's responsible for him hanging up on that cross. It wasn't just Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It was Lamb of God who takes away the sins of C.B. Etter because C.B. Etter's sins warranted this awful, terrible sacrifice on the cross where the Son of God needed to be forsaken by God himself. It ought to be a heavy thing to me. That God so loved me and that God so loved you that he would have put forth and gave his most precious gift, his son, to scream out in agony on the cross. Why have you forsaken me because of my sin and guilt? Friends, we all need to own, we all need to own our personal responsibility for Christ's suffering and death because Christ on the cross bore the penalty that our sins deserve. And you'll never fully appreciate the depth of God's love, and neither will I, unless you ponder and own, Jesus, you hung up there 
because of me. And once you ponder and own your personal responsibility for the cross, melting you in repentance and faith, then you are positioned perfectly, friend, to ponder this good news. That he willingly and in love suffered and died for you. The cross was certainly done by you and by me. Our sins held him there until the work of atonement was accomplished and until God the Father's wrath was completely poured out on his people's sins. Christ hung up there the full measure of time needed Three agonizing hours where the sky grows dark because God the Father is unleashing His righteous and furious wrath on His very own Son. His Son in love is screaming out in agony, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Friend, we must ponder. It's our sin that held Him there. We need to own our personal responsibility for it so that we can say that the cross with joy was something done for us. It was done by us, but amazingly in love, the cross was done for us because so great is God's love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There was no way for any of us in this room to ever get to heaven to be with Jesus, unless God did something about our sin problem. And so he did. Jesus willingly gave up his son to die, that you and, I, you and I might live forever with him in heaven. And forsaken Friday for Jesus is indeed good Friday for us, now and forever. Because if we tell God we're sorry for our sins, and turn away from our old life this morning in repentance, And pray, God have mercy on me, the sinner. He will forgive even us and save even us. And that's the last and final point. Responding to God's love. Friend, today can be the happiest of days for you. And you can join us in singing this song at the end. If you trust in Jesus for the first time, he will save you. He will forgive you. If you respond to his love the way he calls you to. And we see it here in John three sixteen, where the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But that's not the end of the verse. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Whoever believes in him. By turning to Christ in faith, and turning from our sins in repentance, we can be saved through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. The uh, Avengers Endgame movie is coming out this week. And uh, I love the Avengers. And I don't know exactly how it's going to end, but I imagine that the Avengers will win over Thanos the enemy. And part of that victory will be that their friends who died, are somehow brought back to life by the remaining Avengers' sacrifice, some even sacrificing unto death. I would imagine that that may be part of the storyline.
resurrection from the dead, and saving people from physically dying. Saving people from physically dying is a powerful thing. But, you know, raising up a physically dead man to new life is not a problem for God. Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus just said, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus comes out alive, out from the grave, out of physical death. It's nothing for Jesus to raise somebody from physical death to physical life. In fact, on the great day of judgment, when Jesus returns, as Pastor Reyes was talking about, when Jesus returns on the day of judgment, the Bible says that the dead in Christ are going to rise physically. We're going to be reunited, our souls with our bodies that are in the grave, and we are going to be brought to new life, even as Jesus was raised from the dead. And it will not only be believers who experience the resurrection, but unbelievers also will be raised to new life unto judgment, and then to damnation. Believers will be raised to new life for judgment and salvation and an eternity in heaven where unbelievers will be raised to new life to experience the final judgment. And there will be no second chances. There will be only one opportunity for us really to repent and believe and trust in Jesus. And it's this lifetime. We have an opportunity here in this lifetime to repent of our sins and believe. But the Bible says it is appointed for all men and women to die and then face the judgment. There's no second chances after we die, which is a common thought that many religious people have, that after death, I'll have an opportunity to turn it around even after death. Friends, we must repent and believe in the gospel. We must repent and believe now while there's still time. But raising up somebody from physical death is really not that big of a deal to God. But saving people from spiritual death, that's something only God can do. And that takes another level of power to do it. It's been stated that Jesus, if he didn't specify Lazarus and his specific name when he said, Lazarus, arise, all the bodies of the dead would have arisen from their graves in that moment had he not specified Lazarus come out. It's nothing for Jesus to raise somebody from physical death, but raising people from spiritual death and heading to hell forever takes power of an entirely different scale. And God did it in the most striking of fashions. God beat death by sending his only son to die himself. And then rising him up from the dead on the third day. And by his resurrection, by Christ's resurrection, God defeated death. And he defeated the one who has the power of death, the devil. Hebrews chapter 2.14 says that he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, the devil. And not only that, did he beat the power of death and did he beat the devil, but he also beat our sins by coming up victorious on the other side of death. And that's a pretty awesome thing. So the cross and the resurrection of Christ from the dead achieved a trifecta, if you will. The defeat of sin and Satan and death, all by one great striking blow, the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And friends, sin, Satan, and death, our greatest problems would have plagued us through all eternity in hell. 
had it not been that Jesus beat death and had it not been by the death and resurrection of our risen Lord Jesus Christ, all because Good Friday for us was forsaken Friday for Jesus. Through Christ's death and resurrection from the grave, we learn that Jesus is the sin-killing weapon. Jesus is the death-killing weapon. Jesus is the Satan-killing weapon. Our sins would have forever, forever separated us from God. Death would have forever separated us from life. And Satan just wanted to separate us and destroy us. But God, through Jesus, his son, sent his son to deal with our sin and reconciled us to himself so that we're no longer separated from God. But if we believe we can be reconciled to God, as we learned about earlier, Jesus, when he died on the cross and rose from the dead, destroyed the power of death so that we do not die in our sins. But we can know the hope that when we die, when we believe in Christ, we will be raised to new life. When we hear the great trumpet sound and Jesus comes back, we will forever be reunited with glorified, resurrected bodies that never will suffer again. Where we will enjoy Jesus face to face. Where we'll be reunited with loved ones who have died and who have gone on before us, who believed in Jesus our Lord. Oh, friends, the resurrection of Christ sees to it that the consequences of death, which would have separated us from life, has been defeated and in its place, eternal life is granted to those who believe. And through Good Friday, Satan was done a crushing blow that brought him down. And these dark days still in this fallen world and all the manifestations we see of sin and, and awful corruption all around us. And I, as one Christian once said, these are just the last gasps of Satan. He is a defeated and a dying foe. And for those of us who repent of our sins and trust in Jesus, when we die, all suffering will forever be put behind us. And the only thing that will await us is eternal joy along with our eternal life. So, as we close and we respond to God's love, I want to appeal to all of us. All of this good news of salvation from God's wrath, of forgiveness of sins, it only comes to those who believe. You must believe. And, dear friend, nobody can believe for you. Your mom can't believe for you. Your grandmom can't believe for you. Only you can believe in Jesus for yourself and be saved. You must take that step. You must lay hold of Christ by faith today. And if you do, you will be forgiven if you're, of your sins. Look at verse 36, which we looked at a moment ago. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. 
Jesus dies on the cross for the sins of those who believe in him. But for those who reject Christ, those who reject his loving sacrifice with his arms open wide, he's saying to the whole world, I've loved you so much and I'm going to die for you. But if someone says, I don't want you, Jesus, I don't want to obey you. I want to live the life I want to live. I don't want to submit to you. I don't want to come under your lordship. No, I'm living my way. And does not ever repent, does not ever believe. The Bible says this sobering news, friend, and we must take it to heart that the wrath of God remains on us if we don't believe. And I just want to appeal to everyone, while there's still breath in our bodies and we have time, when we die, we'll never get another chance to believe in Christ again. And who knows, but this might be the last time that we hear the gospel before one of us dies. Please believe now while there's still time. Lay hold of Christ and experience the freedom and the joy that only Jesus Christ and salvation in Christ can bring. And let me finally say in response, we want you to join us in our mission. We as a local church here, Christ Community, we are, on a, we are on a mission for all of Berks County to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we want you a part of our army. The church is an army of God's messengers who proclaim this good news to everyone, praying that they will come to know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. And I want to appeal to all of our guests. We would love to have you join us as our church family and become part of our church family to join us in this mission to reach the lost. I love the good news in Matthew that says, when Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. God is building his church. Friend, won't you come and be a part of God's church? It starts by you repenting of your sins and believing in Christ for yourself and becoming born again to a living hope personally. But then it's not just about us believing individually and then just kind of going our own way in life. God desires for us to believe in him, but then also to become part of what he is building called his church. And I want to let you know, guests and folks who are newer, um, we would love for you to repent and believe in Christ and join our church family so that we can together go forth and accomplish God's mission together. Next week, we're going to be having a church lunch, a free church lunch right after church. And we would love to have you become part of it and to become part of us. We extend to you guests a wholehearted welcome. And here's your family, your new family. If you don't already have a church family, we want to invite you and welcome you in to our church family. And come next week to our free church lunch, which will be immediately after the service when we celebrate communion together. And what we just do is we have everybody who wants to bring one of their favorite dishes that they make. They bring it in. And we all just enjoy it together. And so come back next week. Bring one of your favorite dishes that you love to make. And we would love to celebrate lunch with you and embrace you in as a new brother and a new sister in Christ. If you'll believe in Christ, we would love 
for that to happen. But it starts by asking God to have mercy on you. By telling God you're sorry for your sins against Him in your life. And turning away from that old life by turning to Jesus. All of us in this room who have trusted in Jesus have already done that. And we're still living on Christ's path. It starts by trusting in Jesus as your Lord, your personal Lord and Savior, and as your only hope of forgiveness and salvation from hell. My friend, will you please believe while there's still time? Will you please turn from your sins and your old life and embrace Jesus Christ, your new life? We as God's people earnestly pray that you do. And that we earnestly pray that you also become part of us. To join us in our mission, this glorious mission together, to tell all the nations of the earth about Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. And friend, the good news is, he's no longer in the grave. (laughs) They came to look at the tomb, to find him there, and the tomb was empty. Because Jesus is alive. Can can I get an hallelujah there? Can I get an amen? Because Jesus is no longer dead. He's alive. And so, when you wonder, has God really forgiven me of my sin, believer? When you wonder, have I really been accounted righteous in Christ? Am I really ready to stand before God on the day of judgment? The resurrection in the empty tomb is God the Father answering that question resoundedly with a yes! exclamation point, look at the empty tomb of my son and know that I truly have forgiven you of all your sins and counted you righteous in Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to sing happy day. Um, But before we do, if there's anyone here who would like to say, God did something in me today. I believed, I repented, and I want to be part of God's church. Would you please talk with Lewis and Esther somebody who came with you to be part of the five-day club and or anybody who you know in the church guests who invited you, we would love to celebrate your new faith in Christ. We would love to celebrate your repentance and turning to Jesus. And if you feel like I'm not ready to do that right now, would you please make it the most important priority of your life, even as you go from church today, to get on your knees when you get home and to pray to God and say, God, have mercy on me the sinner. There's no other way to get to heaven, friends, except through faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. There's simply no other way to get to heaven except through faith in Christ. He's the only way. He's the truth. He's the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. But those who do come to Him have eternal life, and they have not just a happy day today, they have a happy day forever. And so if I can have the worship band return, we're going to sing in closing, Oh, happy day. And so let's all stand and sing to our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he is worthy of our praise. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you that we can celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Thank you that it is not just a story. It is not a myth. 
It is not a uh, a story circulated by um, by soldiers who were trying to save their their necks from being killed for the body of Jesus not being in the tomb. Lord, thank you that Jesus being alive is true. And it's just as true today as it was the day that he walked out of that grave, Lord. And I pray, Father, that as we go from this place, that you would give us the grace to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus in our hearts and in our lives every day of our lives. And may it bring us joy and peace forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah.